All right. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Good to uh, be with you all. Um, I'm gonna get started here on our Sunday school lesson here for uh, maturing members is what we're up to as we think through uh, how God uses us in the church to uh, build up one another. And I would say this that this is uh, one of those as we look through the Bible-driven principles, one of the eight, uh, they think of these these church principles to focus in on. Um, this is one of those that was the most prominent in our study. I think maybe half of the pages uh, of the you know, 600 principles were filled up with this idea of the church being mature, spiritually mature, and the church uh, maturing itself in the Christian faith. Okay, so this is uh, really important. We're going to only look at a couple of these passages, um, but if you'd like to get into the whole study yourself, please let me know and we can do that. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and dive in here to uh, our study for today as we consider a Bible-driven church uh, maturing members, uh, the big picture blueprint of church discipleship. Okay, so I'm going to begin with prayer, and then, uh, and then we'll jump into this together. Again, if you have any questions or want to participate uh, in person, you can come to our office or um, feel free to to drop a note in the the chat and I can respond that way or send me a text or email. Okay, all right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Uh, We ask that your spirit would enable this class to build up your church. Lord, help us to be ready, equipped uh, for every good work. Uh, for we know your word does that. Lord, we need uh, your grace. We need your uh, kind hand uh, to fill us with your spirit and uh, motivate us to be not just mature, but a part of that maturing process where we um, disciple others, Lord. So we ask for your blessing uh, to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's get started here. Uh, as you can see, we're putting all of these different principles into a purpose statement, right? So this is Focus Church, uh, focusing in on these, these principles. The purpose of Grace Church will be to glorify God, we've handled that, by being Bible-driven, right? We notice that, that a church that is listening to what God wants is glory, glorifying to Him. And so that's, that's the Bible-driven glorifying God process. In its message, proclaiming Christ to those who believe and to those who do not believe, in its means, praying always and utilizing Scripture to build mature members who have been equipped by shepherding leadership to do the work of the ministry, building the body to love others and maintain unity. Okay, so that's where we're headed with all of this. So we have two lessons left, and I would say this. We, we're kind of corresponding these with messages in the church worship service. These next two, we are going to uh, just handle them in the, in the worship service, uh, loving others, maintaining unity, and, and we may do one wrap-up lesson here. But the next two weeks, I'm really going to uh, flesh out this idea of maturing members and talk practically about how to lead a small group Bible study, uh, evangelistic Bible study, uh, or um, one that's focused more on maturing members. And then 
specifically nuts and bolts, what are some, some tips and how to do that, and then also how to lead one that is evangelistic, uh, and then also how to lead one that, that would be one, you know, incorporating uh, our church grace groups, okay, so that would be more specific to our, our church and, and kind of how we're, we're uh, working through things here. All right, so let's, uh, let's begin in this lesson. Um, in this lesson, we're going to summarize two big principles, okay, two big principles. The first one is the Great Commission, uh, and then the second one is the blueprint for the Great Commission, okay, the Great Commission, and then the blueprint for the Great Commission. Uh, as we dive down into these two primary texts, though there are so many others we can look at, uh, in the morning service, we're going to look at one verse, primarily Galatians 6, 1, that, that highlights the fact that uh, we are enabled by God's Spirit to build each, build each other up. Um, but I wanted to handle these two because these are kind of primary ones for our church, and I try to handle one of them a year, um, but this will help us to keep it uh, in our forefront here moving forward. Okay, so let's, uh, let's jump in here. Any questions or comments before we move into the first point? Good. Uh, please, please feedback, all right, if you have questions, if you need some. Okay, so Bible-driven is maturing members. The Great Commission is Matthew 28, verses 19 to 18. Um, this is such an important, important passage, right? Um, how does a Bible-driven church glorify God on earth? By making disciples. And the passage where Jesus really highlights this command is called the Great Commission. It's the final command that Jesus gave his followers when he left his earthly ministry. Um, these are the general uh, giving marching orders to his church. Uh, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So there's one major command here. Uh, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples is the major command. And, and as we'll see, the, the others are just fleshing that out. Um, go is, a, is an I-N-G word. Uh, that's tied to this command, Matthew 2.0, uh, to make disciples. Um, and so, uh, move down here. Uh, go, while going, literally, therefore, while going, um, then there's this imperative, you see there, the command to make disciples. Um, as you're going... And, and I think that does kind of pick up some of the idea of the command. Uh, go and make disciples. Okay, so, so you see a lot of the, the modern translations will translate it that way. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Um, all right, so here's our, our first command then. Um, what is, first of all, the... Uh, I think this would be the authority the authority to make disciples. Well, the command is go and make, and, and the authority is given before that in this previous verse. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Um, Jesus has all the authority uh, that, that you and I need. Um, 
if I were to go into the governor's uh, mansion and say, hey, you guys need to hand me a coffee, um, they probably would not listen to me at all. Or there's a pothole that's really messing up people's um, uh, ability to drive uh, their, their steering. Uh, you got to get that fixed. Eh, you know, it's just, I'm just one of many. But if the governor says something, usually things are done pretty quickly. Um, well, here we find that Jesus uh, is the one who has all authority. So as you carry this message of, uh, of Jesus to others, you, you actually have behind that great grand authority. Um, and, and that is comforting to all of us. Then the actual command is to make disciples. Um, this is helpful for us to jump into this. What actually is a disciple? Uh, you, you could gloss it over as a learner, um, but it is in this context. In fact, as, as you're reading this with those early disciples, what jumps out at you from these verses is make disciples of all the nations. Um, that's the all that really struck them because they're all Jewish. And Jesus had chosen them as his followers, as his Talmudim, right? This Talmudim were the, the followers of the local rabbi, um, and they were serious about studying the Old Testament scriptures. And so you find this as Jesus calls them to follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and followed him. Um, so as we, as we approach people and ask them to leave all and follow Jesus, uh, this is the idea uh, behind that. Now, often that doesn't mean we have to leave the vocation with which God gives us. Um, but it is a revolutionary idea uh, that everyone should be following one rabbi. And that rabbi is the Son of God. Jesus. Okay, so make followers. Let me clarify then that this is not to make followers of you. <laughs> uh, this is not me following someone and making sure someone else is following me. Um, now, as you saw those disciples, they did go and find someone, but as they brought someone in, they brought that person to follow Jesus. We're all in one line following Jesus. No one is before the other one. Um, in fact, all of us have to be growing in every area of Christian discipleship. Um, you are probably advanced in many ways beyond what I am. Uh, and I pray that I've matured in many ways beyond what others have. Um, but we're all following Jesus. He's the perfect example, as we'll see. Now, what are the steps accompanying the command? Okay, so we're going through here. Uh, he has the authority. The command is to make disciples, these followers of the Talmudim. Now we find these steps. There are two steps. Um, baptize and teach all that Christ commanded. Those are our two steps. Um, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, right? We could spend a lot of time on that, uh, especially since we're here in Queens where all the nations have come. Um, but there's two steps. They're the two I-N-G words that uh, follow, 
Okay, so here's the first ing word in Matthew 28, 19. And then the next one is in verse 20, the teaching. Okay, so baptizing and teaching. These show how the make Talmudim, followers of Jesus, is carried out. Um, first of all, by baptizing. Baptizing. Okay, so um, the, this is the first step in the command. I, I, again, we do have a whole booklet that in, you know, goes through this, and, and so we won't go through all those details. But let's just, just remember that in the first century, that was openly stating that you were becoming a follower of Jesus. Now, of course, a little later after this, they were uh, placed into the church through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit immersed them into the body of Jesus. So there's this spiritual reality but the spiritual reality must be accompanied by a, a visible communication to the world. And so that's what this is. This, this Jewish culture is someone became uh, Jewish, uh, they would uh, immerse themselves in water. Or as someone identifying themselves as unclean, uh, they would come and immerse themselves in water. So John the Baptist comes on the scene and he says, turn from your sin. You all need to be cleansed, so go immerse yourself. Um, and then Jesus comes on the scene, he says the same thing, but as they do that, they're recognizing the fact that this person that I'm following is able to cleanse me. So, as someone acknowledges Jesus as Lord, as someone acknowledges that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as someone acknowledges that Jesus is the one who is paid the penalty for their sin and can offer them forgiveness, then they follow him as well, and their profession was, this walking of the aisle was immersion. It was um, immersing, usually actually immersing themselves, uh, though there would be a, a large company there, but immersing themselves in water. Um, so we, we, are, we are engaging people in the community. We're um, befriending folks. Our, our church is a bright lighthouse that is shining the light on Jesus, and uh, we're preaching the gospel as we see Acts uh, carry out uh, as actually right, the pages to follow, that's exactly what happens. Uh, Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the most part of the earth. And that's what happens. Okay, so this was profession of faith. But it doesn't stop there, right? Uh, and this is uh, why we, we work so hard at our church, right? To, to, to strive by God's grace to move on from that initial confession to a, a systematic uh, organization of, of thinking through what uh, Jesus um, taught, okay? And, and in our church, we do have, have three different um, kind of ways to organize that, okay? And so we'll get to that in just a second, but uh, we'll just kind of read on here. Um, as we bring someone to faith in Jesus, we're to begin to teach them everything that Jesus has said, right? Which is the whole New Testament, and, and that does get to us to the blueprint of how that happens, okay? Uh, but I would say from here, um, as, as we've looked at several times, um, we're wanting to be, by God's grace, comprehensive. Uh, and I do believe also just the setting where our church is, this is something we try to, to incorporate every, into our, our studies five years. We kind of have a five-year window with folks um, until someone moves. Now, please don't move. But that's kind of what the way New York City is. And actually, I, I, 
find that that's the way many neighborhoods are anymore. Communities are, are much more fluid uh, with people coming in and out. So I feel like this is a, a wise way to build uh, your discipleship program, and this is what our church has done. Has We sat down and thought through and, and talked to many, actually, uh, pastors, wise pastors who are older and smarter, and, and then also uh, even those who write uh, curriculum like this. Uh, what are the elements that we want to include to try to teach everything Christ has commanded, even if it's just this deep for now? Um, and so that's what our Grace Group's uh, foundational series is. We have a series of, of five studies right now that go through the evangelistic uh, portion of that, uh, that that would be on the baptizing side of things. And so one of them is, do you know God? It just surveys the gospel, introduces people to creation, the nature of God, not just uh, that God made all things, but his holiness uh, and, and aspects of theology that that waken our conscience to the need to be right with him. And then it goes through the gospel. Um, the, the next one answers the questions that people have as they hear the gospel. Um, and so that, that readily comes up as you're engaging with someone. If the Holy Spirit doesn't open their eyes, that there is an interesting question about science, question about truth and tolerance, question uh, about the reliability of the Bible. Question, so all these different things come up, and, and so that's an apologetic concern where we try to answer those questions. A uh, third one would go through Genesis 1 through 11 and show that the foundations of a Christian worldview are found in those first 11 chapters. Uh, now, all of this is a Christian worldview, right? All of these are, are developing how God thinks uh, and how we should adapt our perspective, our uh, the way we view life and eternity based on what God does. Um, and then uh, another one goes through the Ten Commandments uh, to help us with our conscience as well. You all know that the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And we're pursuing one uh, here shortly on the, book, the Gospel of Mark. Um, I would say this, though, as you're engaging with people, uh, like one of our evangelistic uh, things we're doing right now, um, uh, folks uh, at our church here know this, we're just walking through the Gospel of John in the neighborhood park and in the neighborhood library, because again, the gospel, right, the story of Jesus found in the scripture is what saves. And so, so you, you can do these booklets, but, but you can also just, um, this is a good book, and I'm going to mention this next week, but Evangelism for the Faint-Hearted, uh, you're just trying to get people into the word, get the people into the seed of the word, okay? All right, we got to keep going. The comfort included in this commission is that God is with us. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We, we do not do this ourselves. We have our Lord Jesus uh, who, who walks with us. And so the comfort included is that Jesus is with us even today. You say, oh, he didn't know all the difficulties we would be facing as we try to make disciples. Yes, he did, right? And he gave you the blueprint, all right? And, uh, and so we need to follow his, his lead here. Okay, so it is comforting that Jesus is with us uh, and, and he will be with us even into the end of the age. Okay, so teaching everything Jesus has commanded, uh, behold, he is with us even to the end of the age. Excellent. Okay, now that was very quick, a very quick summary of those verses. 
but I think it just walks through it and gives us the big picture idea. And, and we're finding some comprehensive. Comprehensive in that all of God's people should be doing this. It's not just, just the pastors. Um, and we'll see that a little more here in a moment. But also that it is teaching all that Christ commanded. right? And so I, I do know that some churches do this. They just think, well, what would people want to sign up for? Holy cow, talk about finances, talk about sex, or talk about, you know, these, and, and you will have people sign up for it. Uh, but the elders can't choose the, the subject matter based on what uh, the whole church might want to sign up for. It, it needs to think carefully through uh, all the things Christ has taught and, and, and gradually work our way through those, okay? All right, so let's move on to, to the next one here. Um, the next big idea, of course, is this blueprint. How is this handled? How can I do this? Well, this is, be- <laughs> the Lord gives us great uh, help with that. He shows us uh, how we can do this, okay? Um, so let's uh, move on to the blueprint for the Great Commission from Ephesians 4. I love Ephesians 4. Um and, and it grows right out of uh, the illustration of the body. So let me read this, and then uh, we'll, we'll jump into it together, okay? Again, read it from the text here. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. How long are you to do that? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, maturing members, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The body grows itself into the image of Christ in every way. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Okay, so this is so important, and this is uh, foundational to our church and how we, we want to organize these and we just take this by faith. We've got to take this by faith. Uh, let's see, first of all, the equippers in the blueprint. The equippers in the blueprint. Let's move up here and, and find out who, is the, who are the ones that equip. Okay. For, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so we want to be bodybuilders. We want to be those who will be building up the body of Christ. Um, how is someone equipped for that? Right? How is someone able to be uh, thoroughly furnished to the equipping of the saints? Um, well, that comes from the previous verse, right? What does that say? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors teachers. I love that, shepherds and teachers. Um, and we talked about this verse earlier when we talked about shepherds, but 
we find these shepherds and teachers as as those that that really um, are part of the church leadership that equips uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, these are the gifts that God gives to equip. What are their purpose? And and so again, I've mentioned this before, but one of the things that really was I was convicted by at at this time was preaching through Ephesians four, and I think it was the third book that we had gone through as a church, and really felt like at that point the pastors were the main ones who were leading the discipleship organization of the church, and that's fine, right? And and I think you know any system you have in place is great. God builds his church organically. We recognize that. But as I really focused in on this passage, I was like, you know, we need to change this to where where the the pastors are, the shepherds are really providing equipment, providing uh, the the enabling of uh, the church to do this work of service. And that work of service is ministry teams, right? It is uh, cleaning the church. It is providing meals. It is... um, you know, all the ministry functions, we have many of those. But the main one it's talking about in this text is what? It's the maturing of the body. It's that the, the, the church is building up itself. And the pastors are equipping that, are trying to push that forward. And so my job is to preach and teach, and I love doing that, to feed and lead, and I love doing that. But it's also to strive by God's grace to equip the saints to do that for one another. And so at that point, we switched to where we, we tried to organize our, our church into smaller groups where, where the, the church body was doing this and meeting around the Word. So right now they're meeting around the letter, little letter of 1 John, right? Finishing up this letter of 1 John that teaches so many helpful lessons. But we know that it's just the Word that builds each other up, right? Um, next, we'll be actually looking at Philippians, but it will be in the setting of how to study your Bible. So that will be a helpful one. So the equippers of the blueprint are the church leadership. Who are the ministers of the blueprint then? If you're watching, let me know. Who are the ministers of the blueprint? You can say it out loud there. Of course, the ministers of the blueprint are... Um, you, you, and me, but the ministers are those who are uh, equipped, the members of the body who are equipped to carry this out for one another. I think it's helpful, and we're going to focus on this today, but, but this cannot be done without the power of the Holy Spirit through his sword, the word, okay? And so we need to be spirit-filled believers as we are meeting together asking the Holy Spirit to use us to speak the truth in love, right? And that's what the text goes on and says. Um, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, right? So we're mature. We're, we're, We're this tall. If you were to try to measure our stature, see how tall this spiritual person has grown, it, it would it would be in Christ's likeness. The measure of the stature is Christ's likeness. Okay? So we have a long way to go. 
really the the what these two passages teach us is that that you and I are commi- commissioned to make followers of Jesus of everyone used by him to build up everyone till everyone looks just like Jesus. We got our work cut out for us and we'll never make it until glory, but that's just our goal. It's our big picture goal. Well, I think it's important as you do this, you're, you're no longer going to be carried about by every wind in doctrine, but you'll be able to speak the truth in love, right? So there's this motive of love, concern for the other person, and people pick up on your motive. Now, they may pick on it wrongly because the way you, you just, your facial expressions are or whatever. But they do pick up your motive if you just lamb blast them and have no relationship with them at all. Right? So they pick up the motive. And that's why we're, we're trying to build these relationships that are deeper than that. Uh, where you do love someone as you pray for them. From whom? So you're speaking the truth in love. From whom the whole... Uh, the whole body being filled and being fit and held together by what every joint supplies, right? So the proper working of each individual person speaking the truth in love causes the building up of the body. The end goal then would be the, the, that we're like Christ, that we're like Christ. Um, so that's where we're headed with all this. This is what we want to do. Um, we we want to be ministers that are building up each other until we all uh, look like Jesus. Um, the measure of the standard is Christ himself, uh, and that's why we use the word Christian. Okay, so that's that's Ephesians 4. That's our blueprint. Um, and so what, what we strive to do are these three categories. I, I should kind of should have... I should have um, my uh, sheet for this is in the closet. I'm not going to pull it out because... Uh, need to be done here in just a few minutes. But, but what we have is kind of three categories of these um, uh, all things that Christ commanded. The, the first category covers uh, is just expositional preaching. Okay, And so over the years, our church carefully goes through texts of Scripture, um, and uh, that's verse by verse, word by word, uh, and, and kind of bringing out from the text, what's there? But it's it's expositional preaching, so it also applies. It doesn't say what does, uh, what explaining what the text means, but it it, it applies it to what it was showing what the text says. Uh, John Stott kind of makes that clarification. I think that's good. Um, and then the next category would be for our teachers, right? Some people in our church are gifted teachers. That's one of the spiritual gifts. Um, and, and so we have a series of these studies that are uh, what we call systematic theology, right? Just over the centuries, the church has recognized the need because the way God revealed his, his scripture was that he did not do it as an encyclopedia. He gave letters, he gave uh, historical narratives, he gave poetry, uh, and, and these are written in such a way that... Um, you can't see bitterness be and find out everything the Bible says about bitterness. You really have to read through the whole Bible and see what it has to do with bitterness. So we do these topical studies to help us understand what the whole Bible teaches on that topic. right? And so the next one we're going to handle is bibliology. Right. What does the Bible say about the Bible? That's a good one. 
uh, and, and this is written by Mark Ward, uh, but we're going to handle that next. Actually, in just a few weeks, uh, Pastor Andrew and Dominic will be going through that uh, in this hour. Okay, this is just an excellent, uh, excellent booklet and resource. Uh, we'll see what we can do about making it, making it uh, even less expensive than it is already on Kindle. Um, but anyway, uh, so you, you have these group of studies that we would say, you know, let's let's make sure that that our our church teachers are teaching through those. So we may do that next. We may do Hebrews, something of that nature, um, where where it really helps getting a, a little deeper, a little s- slower, um, and handling some of the more difficult topics. Because I do believe that, that those are things that should be handled by a teacher. But the, the mistake we can get into then is that everything has to be handled by a teacher. And yet what we've seen here is that each member should be working. Uh, and so even in that class, we may handle the material and split it up into three groups of four so that the smaller groups can answer the question. But as Jesus had 12 disciples that he taught, he often, it seems, paired them up into even smaller groups of three, Peter, James, and John, and gave them individual lessons. And, and so that's, that's what, what we uh, enjoy doing, okay, where you have this group of four or five people that, that they meet together and they go through uh, another series of studies that handle some of the, um, the practical, everyday matters of the Christian life, okay? So you have... Uh, things like how to study your Bible, pray, First um, John, assurance of salvation, um, things of this nature that, that all of us should uh, walk through. And, and honestly, you, know, you can say yourself, but sometimes we overlook those things. Okay, So we have a group of five evangelistic studies, then there's one booklet that says, Welcome to the New Family, that you go through once you become a Christian. And uh, we encourage all of our folks to be uh, bringing someone to Christ and then t- take that, them through that, that study that kind of surveys the rest of these. But then that begins a, f- a five-year. We don't, we don't like putting it all out in front, but joking a little bit there. Um, we're fine with saying it, it's going to take years to get through this, but that begins a process of five years. So you have expositional preaching uh, that then this, this group of five years of studies that, that people go through, that uh, they go through together, and then this other group of studies that, that folks go, um, that's a, a little more quick, that we go through a little more quickly because we're able to do it every Sunday, uh, that handles the systematic theology in, in deeper le- sessions together. All right, but that's designed, designed imperfectly, designed by God's grace to help equip the saints to do the work of the ministry of the building up of the body of Christ. And so let me encourage you, brothers and sisters that, that are at Grace, to, to really um, connect with your, your group. Um, it doesn't have to be in a group, right? I realize this does happen organically, but that, that is not, for me, a cop-out that says, I can't do this then as a pastor. Well, the church is going to do this. Okay. Well, I need to organize it. I need to try. And so I'm trying. Pastor Andrew's trying. Right, we're trying to put that together. The, the leadership is. And then, and then the church ta- takes that up and says, wow, yeah, this is, a, this is a meaningful part of my life where I can encourage brothers and sisters to walk in the faith, to grow in the faith. And, and we recognize that it's the power of the Holy Spirit doing it. 
so you don't have to have a seminary education. You, you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to be able to organize people's schedules and open the Bible and get in it. Okay, so we will overview that again next week, and we'll handle how to develop or how to lead a uh, small group Bible study, uh, and then how to lead a small group Bible study using our church's grace group material, uh, which is designed to help those who are not gifted in teaching, but are required to equip the saints, are required to build up uh, the other saints. Uh, so they're, they're, it's got equipment that's designed that way. Okay. All right, very good. Well, we are done. So let me go ahead and pray, and we will uh, see those of you who are joining online. We'll see you at 1 o'clock. Um, any questions or comments before we close? Okay, let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for bringing us into your family and entrusting us with the beautiful ministry of discipleship. We just pray that you would help us to encourage the brothers and sisters to grow in the faith, to mature in the faith, um, that we would humbly, because we know none of us are equipped or adequate for these things. And yet we read here that your spirit wants us to use wants to use us in this way, so we believe it by faith. And we walk forward in faith to follow you in this way. Uh, We ask for your blessing on this study. Help our church to uh, rally behind these verses and encourage each other in the words of Scripture. We'll thank you for it. Uh, Bless uh, worship service at at 1 p.m. as well. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you. Uh, Thank you for joining us um, and uh, taking part. And we will see you next week in this same fashion. Um, And uh, trust the, the Lord will use this in your life. Okay. All right, God bless you today.